Hello and welcome in to the latest episode of From A to Z. I am your host, Arthur Williams, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Zach Boyd. Zach, how's it going tonight, my man? It's uh, It's been an interesting week to be a Gamecock, I would say. Um, university this week, I would say. <laughs> the things yeah. that have happened. So, um, yeah, it's, definitely. It's been a week, man. It's been a week. Yeah, I don't want to really beat our listeners over the head with uh, the Georgia game. You know, it, it happened. There's not a lot of good that you can really talk about uh, from the Gamecocks' point of view. Credit to Georgia. You know, they came in there. They took care of business. We did not. Um, so, you know, you got any thoughts from the Georgia game you want to share with our listeners? Uh, yeah, uh, Georgia is uh, – they're good. They're <laughs> They're the Georgia from maybe <laughs> last year, maybe if not better. I don't know what to say, man. Georgia is uh, – I don't know, man. Georgia just is very, very good. Um, and we just weren't ready for that at all. Um, yeah. I, I figured going into the season, I thought it would be closer. But then again, with the injuries that had happened in Arkansas and the personnel who played against uh, Georgia, I don't know if they made it that big of a difference, but I think it may be – would make somewhat of a difference there, but obviously not a lot there. I still think it would have been a blowout either way. Um, We've we've got some questions um, that we need answered here real soon. Uh, Luckily we got the games coming up that could help us answer some questions. You know, I would say, but I'm I'm a little worried right now. Well, here's the one question that I took away from all this is Marcus Satterfield, the long-term answer offensively as the coordinator for the University of South Carolina. Uh, I mean, you know my stance on Satterfield, man. I, I felt like the UNC game, much as I hate to say it, was a fluke. Um, from at least the way he prepared. I'm not saying the way we beat UNC. I'm not saying that at all. I just, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't have any trust in Satterfield. I never, I, I didn't have it to begin the season. Um you know, I looked at UNC maybe as possibly as an, you know, anatomy, anatomy, but I, you know, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, just, I don't know. That's not where I wanted to be going into playing Charlotte. Like granted, I get Georgia's very, very good. Right. And I'm not saying that, you know, they're, you know, we played poor against a, a team like Georgia. I mean, you should, that should be expected, but I would also expect us to look better than what we did. Well, you know, Antoine Wells had no receptions in that game. No, you know? he didn't. But no, you yeah. hit Shaheen Bell for the big play. Okay, great. After that, he vanishes. It's not like he exists anymore. Hey. I mean, you got Georgia doing the least with Steph. Yeah, yeah, I and I, I get, I get the frustration. You know what I'm saying. Offense is sort of my thing, and I just have to, you know, be as honest as possible. Marcus Satterfield just isn't a good coach. It's it's not the stuff, okay? It's not the stuff. It is the operator. You know what I'm saying? This is operator error. Yeah. And, you know, because conceptually he's not doing anything different than any other school in the SEC or across the country. But when you look at it and you break it all down, right? Yep. You got a guy who I think is trying to ride a talented 
quarterback. He hadn't played his best, but he's trying to ride a talented quarterback into keeping his job. Mm-hmm. All right. And you got players around him who are trying to press. The reason this offense is suffering so much is because of the situation. And I, I, I talked about it a little bit in regards to Arkansas. You know, leverage and numbers are important to anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm in a trip set and they've got two guys over there against three receivers, you know, you you can look at the leverage of those guys in the numbers and say, hey, I either need to call a smoke screen or a bubble screen or some sort of RPO to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. If the box is light, you know, you need to be like, okay, well, I need to try some sort of run game. Are they Are they inside? Do I have advantage to the outside? Or are they spread out? Do I have better numbers on the inside? It's just stuff like that, you know? And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. The offensive line has been struggling throughout the entire 16-game tenure for him. And I remember in his introductory press conference, he was like, well, the fact that I worked with the offensive line at uh, Carolina, uh, talking about your Panthers, Zach, uh, I know (laughs) how to call plays, um, you know, to the strength of my offensive line, and he just hasn't done it. And then... Uh. You know, the the tweet from the thread came out where they were talking about how Rattler has the most, like he holds the ball the longest. Right. And it's like, again, operator error. Like, it's not the, it is not the style of the offenses. It's not any of that. But I can't tell you what it is we're trying to do. And I have to be quite Quite frankly, honest, I don't think that sitting here and saying, oh, uh, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes to win the game, that's fine. But who are you as an offense? What is, what is your identity? Right. You know, are you, are, are, are you going to line up and, and be a power run team, power play action team, try to hit you with some power and counter and then play action over the top, beat you? Yeah, are we not- going to be an air raid team? Are we going to – are we running gun? Are we, are we running shoot? Or what are we trying to do here? And and there's no sort of offensive identity, and you can tell by the play calling. Yeah. So, well, and you know what raises red flags too, Art. And I, I heard it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and you know Van was talking about the the things that were going on, and I didn't think anybody was going to bring it to light, which we all saw the uproar as that hit social media. But that's a big red flag, man. Like, I mean, I just, yes, uh, yes just... and no, because what Josh Van was saying, he's like, he's like, you know, it was a base play. It was a base play, something we did day one, right? And it's on us as players to constantly be studying to be better and be in the right spot when that play is called. But then again, as a play caller, you know, you've, you've got to understand that, uh, one of the coaches that I follow that I've had the opportunity to, you know, uh, sit in on some uh, clinics and different things that he's done, Coach Dan Casey, uh, mm-hmm. he tweeted out today, he's like, 80% of your yardage comes from about 20% of your playbook. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these coaches now, Zach, and you've seen them, these guys come out with these Waffle House menu looking cards and they're <laughs> holding it up to their face and, 
you know, you're like, you're like, holy crap! Why do you have so many plays? Why is it broken down like that? Like that's right. that's insane, you know. And when reality is, you can take maybe twenty five to forty different plays into a game and be masters at those plays. Because if those guys have those plays, you you could change up formations and make one play look like four different plays. You know, so it's not about bringing in all this stuff. It's about executing what you do well and putting your guys in position to to execute and play fast. And that's that's just not happening. That's a sign of bad coaching. I, I, you just have to call it what it is. We wow. love Shane. We love Pete Limbo. We love Clayton White. Even though the defense isn't playing well at the moment, you know, injuries and different things like that, people aren't going to go out here and say, oh, well, we got to get rid of Clayton White. We got to get rid of Clayton White. Why? Because Clayton White saved Marcus Satterfield and the Gamecocks a lot of times last year. So yeah. it is it is known by Gamecock fans universally that Clayton White can coach. Well, yeah, absolutely. Just take a look at the different time of possessions, you know, between each team when Clayton White's defense saved your tails. I mean, uh, there be nobody needs to be scrutinizing Clayton White right now, man. I think that's ridiculous. Between the injuries and the time of possession, the three and outs that our offense has been having every down. Yeah, I'd like to see you out there, you know, running, you know, down the field for a constant, what, you know, three to five, six minutes, however long it takes for them to score on a drive. Like, it's it's ridiculous. You know, and and you want to talk about some more things. I, like, statistics are a good snapshot, but you're talking we're one of the worst in the country on run offense, one of the worst in the country in third down conversions, one oh, of the yeah. worst at, like, turnovers. You know, it, it, it's things like that. It right. tells the story. It tells it, the story about how our offense is. It, it's a good snapshot. It, it shows. Mm-hmm. It, it shows you where we're struggling at. And then for Marcus Satterfield to get up there at his press conference and say something like, "Oh, you know, I like uh, seeing Spencer when he screws up. He works on that one thing oh, to yeah. try to get better." And it's just like, where is he getting better at? Right. You yeah. know, because because he's still forcing the ball into into covered receivers he's still abandoning the pocket sometimes faster than he needs to mm-hmm. he's still making bone for every good throw spencer makes there's about three to four throws that you sit there and you go what the hell is he doing right because it's not like the time is in there the pass protection has been there the off- the, that's the yeah. thing the offensive line is starting to pick this thing up yeah yeah. You know, and 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 Marshawn Lloyd isn't above criticism either. You yeah. know, I'm I'm not here to speak ill on anybody, but right. you know, uh, one of my good buddies, him and I have talked about football a couple of times. Nick Steady, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you probably should. Shared a picture of the hole and Marshawn Lloyd bouncing it out. Mm-hmm. It's little things like this and little nuances. If your offense is relying on you to be picture perfect every time, your offense is probably too complicated, and you probably should make some changes. And we talked about that last year. Yep. Yep. Simplifying the offense, and if we can't do that, man, 
I mean, look, we've got two weeks to figure this thing out before going on the road to Kentucky, which we get Kentucky at a good time because they've got to go to Ole Miss the week prior, and that could be a nitty-gritty one while we play SC State. So that gives us some time to somewhat kick back. I'm not saying relax against SC State. I'm not saying that at all, but it's not the same playing an SEC opponent like Ole Miss, who's probably one of the best teams in the SEC West. So, Well, and, and, and here's my thing. You know, I'm going to be happy if South Carolina can go out there and win and win big and look good while doing it. I'm going to be happy, but I'm taking everything these next two weeks with a grain of salt right. because of who we're playing. You Absolutely. Know, we're Absolutely. playing the worst defense in the FBS. And here's the thing. <laughs> if we don't light up that scoreboard tomorrow night, we <laughs> – oh, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, it's not going to be good, man. It's not going to be good. And, and you know, like, that's the thing. Like, we we have to go out there and make it look pretty. The, the spread, I think they said when I was listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, um, they said the, the spread was up to, like, 24 points or something like that. At yeah, minimum. Like 22.5. Yeah. Like, at minimum, you got to cover that spread, I think. You know? Like. Absolutely. This These next two games are kind of going to be – what it's going to take to kind of get the fans kind of just kind of sitting there willing to give Marcus Satterfield a shot going into Lexington. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, Zach, for me, the answer is Marcus Satterfield just isn't the long-term answer. You know, I've, I've said it, I've said it before. South Carolina needs to be a special preparation. I'm not talking Paul Johnson, triple option type special preparation. I'm talking like you need to be modern, exciting, not quite coastal Carolina, but not what we do. Because right. as South Carolina, as, especially now under Shane Beamer, you will be able to get some really good players, some really good athletes, right? Yes. But you're never going to go out on the field and out-athlete, say, Georgia or Kentucky or not – well, not Kentucky, but – or, or, or Florida or, or – or, Alabama, you're not going to go out and be able to out-athlete those guys. So you have to have something that makes you unique. When these teams see you on the schedule, they're going to be like, oh, man, we got to play this offense this yep. week. Yep. You know, like, Jesus Christ, nobody else does that. Nobody else does what they do, and, and we're not going to see it all year again. So this is our one time to practice against it. Like, what the hell are we getting ourselves into? I don't want to play that team. Exactly. You know, exactly. that's – Yeah, my reason. That's the that's the difference between Arkansas because Arkansas is just one year ahead with Sam Pittman and what they and what they're doing there, you know. Yeah. But their offense, you don't face teams like Arkansas and the SEC. Yeah. That's it. That that's the only team you're gonna play on your schedule if you play Arkansas. That's gonna throw a 470 pound backfield at you. And then once they get you trying to do that, they can spread it out. That's that Browns offense for you, man. It's like playing basketball, you know? Mm -hmm. Jefferson is the point guard who's capable of taking it and doing it himself. And his responsibility is just get the ball to the playmakers out in space. Mm -hmm. And that's And it's very small, too. You don't have to go for your downfield threats. I mean, just very small space. I mean, just like, you know, five yards, ten yards down the field. I mean, just being efficient. Exactly, efficient, and it's simple. Simple. Yeah. And we can't even do that. Well, I mean, Zach, you, 
we can't execute basic inside zones, you know? So, I, I mean, I it, it just falls back, like I said, on the coaching for me. And I, I am going to sit here and say players need to play better too. However, you know, you, you are employed by the university. You make hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars a year to be able to fix this stuff and you have to be able to fix it. And I just don't know that Marcus Satterfield is the answer. I don't know that firing him in the season is an answer, but I think the way things are trending and progressing, it would not surprise me if Shane were to make a move. He needs to, he needs to put all personal feelings aside and look at it like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the coach. This, where this goes is on me. And yeah. I know Shane can do it, and I get Shane's relationship with Satterfield. I get all that, but at the end of the day, you got to put all that past you and realize what's best for the team. Uh, and I know I you will. I know. Uh, you will. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think Shane is gonna have any issues in terms of making a decision regarding Satterfield. I, I don't I, think that's gonna be the problem. I don't see it either. It's just I, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just annoyed at this point. You know. Yeah, I understand the decision to keep him. And give him another year. I understand that decision, but I also, I like I said, got to be modern, exciting, innovative. You got to be different. That's that's what I think it's going to take moving forward. I tell you, um, you know, from the Georgia game, you know, quick takeaway. I mean, recruiting obviously had a lot of big visitors there, and if we want to keep those guys in this class, we're gonna have to show something. Yeah, I, I mean, kids are like that, but you know, there are some that you know could do something else. But our our situation isn't like Notre Dame. You know, they've had kids decommitting left and right. Oh, I know. I'm not saying that at all. You, know, you I, know, recruiting is still very, very, very positive. Things are looking fantastic on that end, and and that's something that uh, we'll be able to divulge into a little later in the show. Yeah, um, I got some things that I want to talk about. Uh, so, I, I, fair warning, this is probably going to be a rant from me. It's Carolina versus everybody right now. I just want you all to know that right now. Uh, for for those of you who haven't ever seen the show, The Last Chance You, um, former JUCO coach Jason Brown now has a podcast with a OnlyFans model. <laughs> <laughs> where they sit up here and they have some uh, menace Monday and uh, the unemployed coach uh, took some shots at uh, Shane Beamer saying things like he's an embarrassment to his daddy. Well, here's the same, the same coach that got fired for what again? <laughs> Hell, if I know, I stopped paying him attention. From what I heard, he got fired for using some telling some German kid I'm your Hitler or something. I don't know, man. It's just awful stuff. Well, here's the thing. I don't. The thing is, he's unemployed. Yep. And sitting down and talking about guys who are at a level much higher than him seems to bring him joy. It's the same thing with uh, Coach Zach Smith, you know, from Ohio <laughs> State. These guys lose their jobs. And they sit around and they talk about it. I watch Coach Jason Brown sit here and talk about how Cliff Kingsbury, who's an NFL head coach, mind you, is a bad coach because Kyler Murray missed the hot on a blitz call. So 
you know, it's easy to sit back and talk about things in hindsight. You know, people say hindsight is always twenty twenty, but I was also told, you know, don't don't throw stones at glass houses. But in this particular case, you know, he don't even really have a house to throw a stone in. So no. I, I don't I don't understand the decision to sit here and talk about other coaches when you do nothing and sit at home. And this this OnlyFans model, like I don't even know what the hell she brings to the show. She's just there, you know, like I, I You know what this is you know what this is. The, the only way that you gain you you gain listeners, you rise up in the ranks in this podcast world or whatever you want to call it on social media is that you say things to piss people off. You say you you do you you write articles for clickbait. You do well, this, you do that. Like for example, Phil in the press conference the other day asking was this you know is this team in a quitting mentality or something like that. He knew exactly what he was doing. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the same thing with this guy in this yeah. podcast. They want to get you hyped up, angry, upset, you know, saying these stupid outlandish, stupid takes to get you on a rise. And when they get you, they got you your stuff and they did their job. That's why they do it. Well, here's my thing. That's why we're talking about it right now. You know, you you bring in, you know, some some OnlyFans chick to to this podcast and he, he's both ways. He's got the, the bimbo and then he's out here making outlandish claims like that. So well, he's got the des- domestic I mean, violence Zach Smith on the damn thing. And that, well, that's not the only person he had on there, Zach. Former head coach uh, of the, the men's basketball program, Frank Martin, went on the show and was talking about he, he was fired from South Carolina for winning. For winning. So, for, so, so, so here's my thing. Uh, what did he win? <laughs> after what point? After you talking about after finally getting to the final four and what he did after that? Huh. I, 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 Zach. What did he do? One, what did he do? One How did they NCAA, capitalize on that? One NCAA tournament appearance. That was a magical run in You're 10 talking, years. I was a Frank guy, man. I was a Frank guy to the end, even after everything that went down. But, man, these last comments from him, it's like it's like a cry from help, for help, man. Like, that That was ridiculous. It's like, like, a, like a bitter ex. Yeah. You know? but, but here's the thing, Zach. I mean, think about it. You know. Let's say I'm a salesman, right? Yeah. If I have a job as a salesman and I make one sale in 10 months, <laughs> I'm probably fired. Buddy, you ain't getting past the probably the first month if you're making one sale. It depends on where you're at. <laughs> in, 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 10, in 10 months, no less. And that's small. That's, that's much less than what we're talking about with Frank. Yeah. We're talking about 10 years, yeah. one tournament. And after Cinderius Thornwell and those guys left, he was never able to re- to to recruit and find a big. Chris Silva was a gift from John Calipari. Oh, preach! Mike Coatsar was was underwhelming at best at times. Yeah, and notable players who were good mm-hmm. as freshmen, mm-hmm. you know, took got step worse. backs. Got worse every year, man. Like AJ Lawson, that made no sense. What happened to that kid? Jermaine Cousinard is another oh, one. Gosh. You know, Keyshawn Bryant took some steps, but he, he was basically the same player and, and pretty much did the same things the majority yeah. of the time. 
Yeah. No development from big, struggling, rebounding, can't shoot free throws. The offense was stagnant. The defense was inconsistent. Yeah. There's just a number of things that you can go go off of and saying, like, at my job right now, you know, I have a, a 25% threshold where I, I can mess up. So that means 75% of the time I have to be on 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 the spot. Right. Frank, Frank Martin was off the spot 46% of the time yeah. and 54% of the time he was on the mark at my job. That's that gets you fired. Yeah. Most places it does get you fired. Most sec schools that will get you fired. And, and so why is South, South Carolina be any different? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Zach, we, yeah. we weren't even, uh, we weren't even in the NIT. No, I know. I know. I, I mean, I would say this to Frank's defense in a way. He did inherit the worst, probably, spot that South Carolina basketball right. ever was under Duke. Right. But, and, but he didn't accomplish anything after that Final Four. He, here's my thing, though. No one is sitting here saying that Frank did a bad job. No, no one is sitting no. here saying that Frank didn't raise the floor for the program. Right. No one is saying that. What we are saying is coaching and athletics, period, is a – what have you done for me lately yep. type job. Yep. And what he did after the final four run was early exits out of the, you know, the SEC tournament. Yep. And then you have uh, situations where we're losing the fucking Coastal and Princeton <laughs> and basketball and uh, – you know, stuff like that because because Frank Martin wants to prove a point and then you're out there yelling and cussing and screaming at these kids on the court and you're not winning? What did he think was going to happen? What did he think was going to happen? I don't know. I just I don't know. Like that, to say that you were fired for winning, that's just an ignorant statement all around. It was. It really was and – Absolutely so, was. And I'll tell you this, man. I'm so glad that we got Kerry Rich into the program because that was one of Frank Martin's buddies. Like, they're best friends almost. So I'm so glad we got Kerry Rich into the program. I'm so glad we got Gigi into the program because, I mean, Gigi was a Gamecock, straight up. If Frank wasn't fired, he would have been a Gamecock. They were, he's going to commit to South Carolina or North Carolina. That's not a secret. But to get him out of, you know, the North Carolina Tar Heel outfit, get him – you know, to reclassify whatever was done. I mean, just a great job. But like I said, to really get Carrie Rich over with us, man, get him on staff. That was just the, the icing on the cake right there. And I mean, I know Frank is kicking himself right now. He probably is. But the, the, the problem is that, you know, when you're given a job and you have a job to do, you have to do it. Yep. And 54% isn't good enough. It's not good enough anywhere else in the SEC. Well, here's maybe maybe Vanderbilt football. Well, here's but... something too, man. Is Kansas State fans, they I would say a little before or a little after the final four, Kansas State fans were kind of talking about Frank Martin and the way he acted after he was let go. And then and then after we let go Frank Martin, Kansas State fans were talking about basically saying the same thing happened with Kansas State. He was fired for not for winning that kind of thing. So it's funny how how that all comes back. So I just I don't know, man. I'm, I'm I mean, look all that. I, I look, man. 
Nobody wants to accept mediocrity. You don't have to accept mediocrity. And the tale of the the story is outside of the one NCAA tournament, it was pretty much mediocre the entire time. Yeah. Bottom line. Bottom line. You get fired for not winning or not winning enough. How about that? How about that? That's why you got fired, Frank, because you didn't win enough. Yeah. You had rosters sometimes where you had seven kids leaving the program at once and had to build a roster out of turn out, out of transfers. And it was always, you know, guys who didn't really ever do much. You know the roster was in bad shape when Hassani Gravit or Gravit or however you say his damn name yeah, was, the, was the was the was the freaking point guard. You know? Yeah, to be fair to Hassani, Hassani's done pretty decent in the uh, NBA D League and even in the NBA NBA play at some point. But no, no, I hear you. And you know, my thing with Frank too, this isn't the biggest thing with him. For him to go on that podcast, something that he is completely against for the way he's talked, the way he's show, you know showed himself, you know, with culture and everything like that, the way that he presents himself, and he went on that podcast with Jason Brown, like that right there in itself, people aren't talking enough about. It's 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 a it's hypocritical, hypocritical move. Exactly. One hundred percent hypocritical. Exactly. And people because aren't talking about that enough. Jason I, Brown is a is a is a xenophobic, you know, asshole scumbag. scumbag piece of garbage. I, you know, making a comment to a German kid about Hitler. Come on, man. Yeah, that's come on, dude. That's like happened. that's that that is trash. That is trashy. And even then, he was at the JUCO level. I didn't hear anybody in Division One talking about hire Jason Brown. We got to get him on our staff. None of that garbage. Well, and, and he commented. Uh, it was I can't remember who was talking about it uh, about South Carolina um, and the coaching search before we hired Shane Beamer. He said or hired me or something because he, he wanted someone with wanted the job. I don't know how serious that was, but uh, that was he. Act. He would have bit my arm off and your arm off to Carolina job. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh yeah. Come on. All this all this hate for Shane Beamer is just I think Josh Pate said it best. This drive by criticism of Shane Beamer is just is just ridiculous. Well, That's what it is. And yep. and you just have to call it for what it is. It's ridiculous. And it all started on Saturday against Georgia when our athletic department, our operations, the guys on the field, our athletic director bought and I mean, absolutely botched a ceremony for the win. I, I just, I just, I have a hard time understanding that one. Well, Why like, wouldn't you want to honor them at halftime? Here's the thing, Art. Here's the thing. So I've been a part of pregame ceremonies, halftime ceremonies at Carolina when I was in high school. When I was when I was in high school in NJROTC, we right. used to do the halftime show for military and all that. And we would actually before the game practice how everything would go. The students would even be there as well if they were being presented, honored, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, how they screwed it up, bad. and the way they did it, how may, and they knew how many athletes they had on the field. I don't know why you wouldn't schedule that for halftime. I understand the women's basketball t- program was being honored at halftime, but you could have combined the two. You think a TV timeout was enough time to do that? Yeah, that like, that was. It, it was another. What the hell are you doing, South Carolina? Moment. We've had enough of them lately, and I'm sick and tired. I mean, it's a it's a joke. Between Kaslin and the graduate and the graduation ceremony and uh, the commencement speech to this on national, on, on national TV, on national TV, 
Uh, listen, man, these 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 Caslin boys, you know, and and this is the thing. Oh, I, I, I was prior. Time, I, I don't know what they're saying anymore. I'm, I, you know, I'm a proud veteran, right? I yeah. served ten years in the Air Force. Yes, like, sir. I have tons of respect for anybody who serves and wears the uniform because it takes a special individual to do so. That's right. But the biggest problem that I have seen over my years is the kids of military people seem to think that they run the world and their opinions are the only opinions that matter. Uh, I think it's Bob Caslin's son. I think it might be Jeff Caslin that goes out here and, and, and every time South Carolina does something, every time South Carolina says something, even posted a fake quote the other day. Oh, Spencer yeah. Rattler, Rattler never said anything about, you know, dominating the SEC. No. That never came out of his mouth. No. But he's so thick-headed and think that his dad was done so wrong when his dad openly plagiarized another speech yep. from a well-respected admiral. Yep. You know, he was drunk <laughs> at the at the commencement, you know. So it's like, uh, what exactly did he expect? Oh yeah, okay. you know, and it's just it's just kind of like this 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 entitlement. Like Zach, we 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 have a a, a generation of entitled pricks nowadays, and it, it's <laughs> just it, you can see that with the Caslin boys. Oh yeah, you know. But anyway, 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 you know, we're we're talking Gamecock sports, and and we need to talk about recruiting because there's a lot of positive momentum uh, going on with that particularly with one Nicholas Harbor. Yes. You know, in case if you guys haven't seen, uh, there is a quote circulating out there that South Carolina definitely has a shot at my commitment. That's what Harbor said. Yeah. You know, Harbor has said, you know, numerous amount of times, South Carolina's my favorite South Carolina leads. And, you know, we, we you, you and I, we have different contacts in the coaching world. One of mine is up in the DMV area. And he even said that, you know, every game that Harbor's played this year, I don't know if you guys want to look into the whole glove game or not, wearing South Carolina gloves before the game. But his genuine interest in South Carolina is stronger than any team from, from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to take his visits and everything, Michigan, uh, LSU. Michigan is the team that worries me the most. Mi- yes, Michigan, absolutely. Um is definitely the team to worry, but but apparently South Carolina's lead is very large, and I would say I'd venture to say that South Carolina's lead, as far as not only with Coach Beamer and the rest of the coaches, what they've done for his relationship, but with like guys like Pup Howard, um, you know, Keenan Nelson, some of those guys like Marshawn Lloyd, you know, they're and Marshawn was actually the host for his uh, for his visit, yeah. So there's there's so much momentum. For South Carolina land and Harbor right now. And if he were to commit today, he'd be a Gamecock. And I'd say that straight up. No, no questions asked. Absolutely. But man, we got to get through that Michigan visit first. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Uh, you know, the parents like Michigan, um, you know, so hopefully, you know, we, we continue to plug away and, and we can get him in a Gamecock uniform. Um, mm-hmm. And we got some big recruits coming this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the one that uh, the, there's a kid I want to talk about, though, Zach, mm-hmm. offered a linebacker out of uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I think it's, it's Av- Avian Carter or Arian mm-hmm. Carter. Yeah, eight. 6'1", 210 pounds. And let me tell you something. 
that kid is a heat seeking missile and he's fast, can run sideline to sideline. He has mm-hmm. some top notch film. Yes. And I'm not just sitting here trying to blow smoke up anybody's butt. This kid can play football and you can see it from the offers that have been just sprouting up on his page. Alabama's offered, Florida's offered, Oregon's offered, mm-hmm. uh, LSU's offered. Um, you know, we've offered. There's there's just tons of momentum behind this kid. He's one of these kids that's that's blowing up late, and he's somebody that I feel like the Gamecocks have to do everything they can to pair him with Pup Howard. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know everybody's upset about Jaden Robinson, but, hell, Florida offered the kid. Yeah, it was over with. That was, that was, it was done. <clears throat> Florida, Florida offered Jaden Robinson and then turned around and offered this kid too. Yep. So that should tell you the, the caliber of player that we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, I know Billy Napier and Patrick Tony, and those guys just aren't going to throw out an offer just to throw you out one. This Maybe kid, this, this, this kid can play. He yeah. is a, he is a ball player, a heat seeking missile. And when he comes, you got two choices, lay down and play dead or he'll actually kill you. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it's funny looking at the recruiting because of a kid right now, he's uh, committed to Memphis, 23, three-star linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you know, man, it's it's funny how some of these kids, they they get this attention late in the game and they start getting these big, you know, power five offers. When you look at guys like, and you know what I'm going to say, number 21, Nick Emmett Warry, who mm-hmm. you and I were high on to start the season last year for Irma. Yep. Yep. I mean, the kid had 232 total tackles last season. Yep. I mean, there's a reason that these kids, and, and there's it's just not a really a, a shocking factor to me. It's it's more of a wow factor. Like, holy crap, he's leading the SEC in you know uh, solo tackles right now, and yep. he'd probably be leading the SEC in total tackles. Leading the country in solo tackles, by the yeah, way. Yeah, leading the country. So, like, it's it's crazy. But it, but that's that's more of an indictment. Of, that's more an indictment on the defense. So <laughs> it, it is and it isn't. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I think Emmett Ward's just that guy. Yeah, yeah I, I really do. And they very well might be. Yeah. I think him and Pop are gonna be a, a great tandem in the future or him and Stone when you know Stone gets uh gets more gets around more a little bit. Yeah, I mean look, I mean that's that's the thing that I also wanna say too, you know. It looks bad right now. And and I'm everybody who's worried is well within their right to worry, but when you look at the difference between the Beamer kids and the previous regime kids it should give you a little bit of hope. Those kids don't quit fighting. No. And and they're they're talented and these freshmen are able to come in and make plays. You know, at wide receiver, just just remember guys, we'll probably be able to see Landon Sampson get some snaps this weekend. And you Corey know? Rucker. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it try to try to throw a little positivity in there, you know. Um but I definitely I definitely get it. But recruiting, you know, with the kids that's coming in this weekend, the kids that were there last weekend, you know, you got Marquis Anderson, Jada, and all those guys coming back. And Jada, in case if you guys haven't seen Oklahoma State and other big programs like that, are not offering this guy. Mm-hmm. Auburn offered him the other day, so that should tell you about the the quality kids that they're getting. Yeah, you know, so it, it's definitely something to kind of kind of keep in mind going forward. And they got. The number one defensive tackle for 2025 is going to be um, in town this weekend. Yep. So, you know, show him love. Um, and think about uh, Marquis Anderson, too, man. Um, 
his their their family does that food truck, man. I'll tell you what, that food, hey, hit hit that place up at Gamecock Park on Saturday. If you go out. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that food is yeah. You're missing out. Like continue. you should have missed out if you hit that food up. Yeah, can, and by the way, guys, and, continue continue to show up to the games. Please. Oh, please. please. I, you don't want to miss the night atmosphere, man. You don't want to miss the night game atmosphere. I'm telling you. These new lights and everything, it's so next level. Yeah, like, go. It's unlike anything you've ever seen before. Go, show up, continue to show up because these kids are noticing it, you know, and and continue to donate if you are, if you, you know, whatever, donate to these NIL programs and different things like that too. So, you know, the NIL is 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 the, the new king in college football, and I think those who have the best NIL program are probably going to have the best teams in the future. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, so I, I mean, you we know. saw Juice. We we saw Juice Welsh just partner with a, a juicing company in Columbia. Yeah, go get the juice. Go get yeah, the get juice. juice <laughs> yeah, so we're starting to see these businesses starting to do it. You know, partner up a little bit more. Uh, we've yeah. seen in the Harbor visit. I don't know if you saw that. A Bojangles. Bojangles. Yeah. So like. Yeah. What we got going on there? You know what I mean. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked, man. So we got, we got, we got something more than uh, than Mike Uva doing his little biscuit. You're gonna have uh, Harbor. You're gonna have yeah. like some kind of dope, like you know, menu item for these kids now. Like, yeah, it, it's cool, man. Like, I'm excited about about the NIL. I really am. I just, you, I don't see the NIL doing damage yeah, at least at South Carolina because I think that Beamer's got these kids the right, you know, got them in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. And the staff's doing a great job navigating the waters of the NIL, the choppy waters at that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. South Carolina's doing a hell of a job with the NIL so far. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, can you think of anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before we hop? Um, no, I mean, not really, man. I mean, we had a couple, uh, we had press conferences with Mark Kingston. Um, so we're going to see some baseball stuff starting here soon. Um, yeah. Gearing up for that in basketball, of course. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do some basketball coverage. Uh, Gigi and um, Michi had a big signing uh, before the Georgia game, mm-hmm. uh, which was cool. And, you know, back to the whole atmosphere thing, one of the comments that Harbor had to say was the atmosphere. He's, he talked about when they – the beginning of the game, everybody is showing up. They turned – you know, turned out Williams Bryce extremely loud. Despite the you know the, the outcome and everything, that's not what are, that's not what is ultimately on most of these kids' minds because they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, the fans need to get that through their head. It's it's not a fact. Okay, does the outcome matter? N- never matter. I'm not saying that, but because of what was going on for this game in particular, Harbor was there for one reason, and it wasn't yep. the outcome of the game. I mean, a win would have been nice. It would have been nice. Oh, it, it would have been phenomenal. <laughs> you know, even a, clo- a close game, right. I would have loved. Right. But I would leave fans with this. Most of us, the most of us, the majority of us, the realistic ones, saw us in that one and two right now. Yep. The performance isn't what we wanted, though, but no. yeah, one and two was pretty much what seemed to be the consensus. Exactly. Exactly. So, like A said earlier, man, show up to the game, show up, be loud, be proud, man. Like, don't let this from what happened against Georgia stop you from being you. Yeah. Get up there, you know. Let the coaches do what they need to, man. Because I'm gonna tell you what, 
Coach Satterfield, Coach Beamer, any of the coaches, they're not going to listen to our podcast. And if, if they do listen to our podcast, they're not going to be like, oh, these guys have a great point. They're not going to read your tweets when you send them messages on, you know, on Twitter. They're not going to. So be fans. Be fans. I'm not yeah. saying don't do that. But show up and support the guys no matter what, man. Yeah. Like, do it. Just do it. Definitely. Definitely. Remember, we go there because we love – Carolina. Oh, yeah, we do. You know? And one last thing, support uh, Gamecock hockey, man. So Cock hockey is a really awesome atmosphere. I went to my first game last week against College of Charleston. Tomorrow they play Georgia. Or excuse me, today they play Georgia. So get out to um, High Wire and Irmo and, and check out that atmosphere, man. It is so much fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, with that being everything, we want to thank you guys for uh, listening into this week's episode of From A to Z. And yes, this is your host, Arthur Williams, and my co-host, Zach Boyd, signing off. Thanks for listening.